At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 welcome to season two episode 21 of comic book nation the official podcast of comicbook.com i am your host kofi outlaw and with me again today is the team from quarantine we are together while being alone wow. Janelle Wheeler is with us hey guys matthew aguilar's as always is here <laughs> he's a guy he's here uh, and we bring back for a one-two punch mr connor casey because as you can see from the headline of the show We've got to explain what we all just saw in WrestleMania 36. And so Connor is here to help, you know, ease the tension and some of the hurt by explaining what we all just witnessed. Uh, the, the bizarre WrestleMania that will go down in the ages like so many things during this uh, coronavirus quarantine era. But uh, we got more to talk about besides WrestleMania and its bizarre antics. We've got to talk about the latest delays coming and hitting Disney and Marvel, which has now just completely changed the Marvel Cinematic Universe phase four kind of slate and timeline of when these movies are happening. So we're going to get into all of that. We were, I mean, I thought we were going to be thin on material. So I had some stuff about Tiger King, but we're only going to touch on that because hey. we got more material now. New show, more material. So we're going to just touch on that. Quibi is here. Did you guys know that? Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Then, like I said, we're going to get into our deep dive segment. We're going to break down WrestleMania for you, the latest on The Walking Dead, the latest in Westworld. And we begin, we continue our bold experiment with some retro comic reading and uh, Janelle Wheeler's miseducation of comic books via <laughs> Matt Aguilar also continue. So, like I said, we got a fun show today. If you've been sitting in quarantine and uh, I see my little girl's neighbor is dancing in a TikTok shirt. So if that's not peak 2020 outside my window, I don't know what is. All right. Oh, TikTok. Did anyone buy stock in that? <laughs> no, I like to keep my money and make more. Um, <laughs> so at the top in our news flash segment, like I said, uh, you know, the entertainment industry, the coronavirus pandemic has kind of brought everything to a standstill. We're now like the commercials are like the first and like the quickest to adapt. We're living in a new normal. And we're here for you. But yeah, we yeah, are. I can't even enjoy normal. my shows because it keeps reminding me of what's happening. I'm like, I'm trying to escape. Can you please not tell me how you are handling and profiting off of the coronavirus? Every company. I'm just please. trying to drink alone. Just like show yeah. me something entertaining. <laughs> like, um, yeah, but uh, yeah. So the entertainment industry is kind of crazy right now. Everything's on standstill like everything else. So we've had to have a rapid kind of revision of everybody's plans for 2020. And all the big studios have kind of toppled, toppled like dominoes to kind of some of the quickest. We were all laughing at James Bond. Remember that? Remember when we were all laughing <laughs> at James Bond, no time to die, like a few weeks ago? <laughs> like, what spazzes? They're jumping till November. Like, get out of here. Yeah, well, they were smart. They got out early and uh, they got that new sli slate because now even Disney Marvel has finally kind of capitulated to the fact that we're not going to be out of this in time for the summer movie season 
And so they had to pull their slate of summer movies and do a bunch of reorganization. So we'll talk about the Disney stuff. For, I mean, because I know Matt's just chomping at the bit. He can never stand to just hold his piece with this Disney stuff. But uh, didn't even yeah, we'll say talk it. about that. <laughs> didn't even say but it. you wanted to, and I know you want to, so That's we'll fair. get to it. Um, <laughs> but we'll talk about, as many kind of analysts predicted, you know, some people were saying, oh, no, Marvel can change things. It's going to be all good. But as we many of us predicted, one Marvel change kind of necessitates the whole entire slate to move, kind of like a domino effect. And that's exactly what has happened. So it all began because basically Black Widow has moved its date from May to the November date, that, uh, November 6th, which Eternals had occupied. So we're not going to see Black Widow until the fall movie season and, and, the holiday, and really the holiday movie season kind of right on the cusp of that. So it's going to be kind of part of the big movie comeback of November. Venom 2, as we talked about last show, is still holding the beachhead at October, saying it's, gonna, it's coming in October, so it's still holding that beachhead. We'll see what happens there. So that means now Black Widow's in November, so Eternals has now had to, and here's the, just the domino effect. We'll go through it real quick. Eternals now in February 2021, where Shang-Chi was. Shang-Chi is now going to be opening summer 2021 on May 7th. Dr. Shange, who was getting his shot at summer kind of movie godhood, is now going to be in the holiday movie season opening November 5th, 2021, which was Thor Love and Thunder's slot, which gets bumped to February 2022. Okay, so then after February 2022, Black Panther, which was already set for May of 2022, Black Panther 2, rather, is keeping its date, and that's kind of where things start to smooth out, is that's where the bleeding stops, is right around May that's of That's some good news. Yeah, and even better news that I know Matt can't wait for. Like, uh, I was waiting on that one. Yeah, because we got all these <laughs> release date moves, Disney kind of inadvertently confirmed the date for Captain Marvel 2 will be July 29th, 2022. But now that's been moved because they have to fill a gap. So between Black after Black Panther 2 in May on 2022, we will get Captain Marvel earlier in July they on July 8th. Yeah, cool. that Spider-Man slot um, on you know, in early July, 2022. Uh, then we have a bunch of dates that we still had always, you know, October 7th, 2022, which everybody in their mother thinks is blade. Um, Oh yeah. Makes sense because it's like the only October Marvel date we've seen really. So Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised about that. Then February, 2023, May, 2023, July, 2023 and November, 2023. So 2023 gets to be a stacked year where we're getting four Marvel movies. Yeah. And now 2021 is going to be a stacked year because they're kind of pushing everything together. Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of it's going to be kind of kind of well, I mean, it's kind of the s- same run but just different films. And okay. in a weird way, I'm kind of okay with this. Like I am. Here's why. I'll give you a couple pointers why. Um Black Widow should would have been a perfect summer movie. Uh, I mean, it, it has to move because of circumstances. I get that. Right. Eternals, I did not have faith in as a as a holiday movie blockbuster whatsoever. Granted, Same. we've seen none of that movie, but there's just just the premise and everything about it did not make me think. Like, I mean, Jim's not here, and he's probably. I was gonna say he's somewhere pulling out his hair. <laughs> he hears this right now, but like, yeah, I, I didn't have faith that this would be a summer movie opener. So I'm glad that it's moving to February because that has worked for like untested kind of properties. Like, it worked really well for Black Panther. Yeah, like I forget when did Captain Marvel come out? Was that March? Uh, that was March. Wasn't Gar- was Guardians in February or no? 
Uh, I can't remember. You're asking me to remember a lifetime. Yeah, that's a while back. But yeah, yeah. no, I mean, that's, but it's, that's right. That's a perfect spot for Turtles, personally. At Guardians. August. August? Oh, okay. But yeah, it was, but it was also, that was like the dead season of August. Like it was supposed to be in the dead season of summer. Mm. And it actually, it did the same kind of thing in a different time period. There's two really bad dead periods of the year. It's kind of after the first two weeks of, or first week really of August, until really October, that stretch is really bad. And of course, the January, February stretch is bad, which they're trying to slowly transform. But, you know, it's still, those are like two very big dead zones in movies. And Guardians hit that sweet spot because that's all, that was like the only movie left, right? Because everybody goes on vacation for that last bit of August or is getting ready to get back in school. And like at the movies, nobody really thinks about it, but Guardians was the only one. It was a hit. Word of mouth was great. And people just like kind of spent August running back to that movie over and over again. So the point is that like, yeah, for Eternals, this is, could be a very good thing. Um, especially since it's coming out at a time when people might really, really be fully back into comfort and swing of going back to the movies and kind of feeling like, okay, it's a blockbuster season. Like we're good. Like, or it's a Marvel blockbuster. This could be a really good beacon for them to come back. Mm-hmm. So I like it for its chances. I like the shift with Shang-Chi and Dr. Strange uh, for the same reason, I while I wanted to see how cool it could be for Doctor Strange to be a summer opener, I like it that it'll be kind of closer to the Halloween, on that cusp between Halloween and, ho- and the holiday blockbuster season. Absolutely. I think it's kind of perfect for, for what it's bringing to the table. I agree, yeah. In terms of like the darker mysticism slash superhero blockbuster But not too dark, right? Yeah, isn't no. that why they changed Otherwise, the Scott Derrickson would still have a people job. behind yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Pour one out. <laughs> that nice man from the quarantine watch party would still be here. Yes. No, um, <laughs> yeah. no that's no shade. I love Scott I Derrickson. I know. I just yeah. love that you worked it in. That's amazing. Yeah, right? It gotta always be branding. <laughs> so, always be branding. Not always be Brandon. You don't, said don't Brandon. <laughs> no, I, did. I, I can assure you I most certainly did not. Um, but uh, yes. Anyway, there's no shade on BD. See, you're turning this into something that it's not. You're instigating. We're starting a rivalry. Yeah. Right here. This is, you're turning starting. into something it's not. Started from the rivalry, now we're here. Anyway, I'm going to sip my tea. <laughs> you sure that's not okay. whiskey? Is that no. tea? Are we sure? I said tea. So for the purposes of this podcast and CBS, <laughs> this is tea. Um, <laughs> yes. So Doctor Strange has a good, and I like to see Shang-Chi, which is Marvel's first real kind of martial arts superhero epic, is a perfect kind of summer opener. And I'm kind of excited to see what it will do, even though it's a new kid on the block. It's Marvel. Like I said, it's martial arts action, and it's a major kind of, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe mythology mm-hmm. fill in, so I think it'll do well in that slot. So I'm not mad about any of this. And now we know when we're getting Captain Marvel, and Matt gets to have it even sooner. So it's marked on my calendar already. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not mad out of this. <laughs> I mean, circumstances are what they are, um, and it was inevitable that this was going to happen, right? Yeah. We knew that it was it was coming. I think who's the only holdout left? Is, is Wonder Woman still holding? No, they've no, they already Wonder Woman moved. Yeah, this has all yeah. happened so fast. I can't even remember all the things. I don't, that so I don't know who's holding. I don't think there is another big, like big temple holdout. Yeah. This is it, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think Marvel was literally the last one to well, be like, okay, yeah, you're going to, well, Disney really, not even Marvel, Disney. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. So, I mean, this is I mean, this is it. So we're in for a stretch. There aren't going to be any summer movies like summer 2020 is canceled. No, I'm just kidding. There's a lot. To <laughs> uh, but in terms of movies, it is canceled. So I hope Netflix is coming with that fire because uh, we're going to need it. But um, yeah, seriously, 
yeah so any parting thoughts any anybody have any kind of worries new release stuff any anything you're really kind of liking about this I mean, just everybody's bumped back, uh, and I feel like everyone's being pretty um, optimistic about when we get back in. I, we, we have to be optimistic at this point, right? When we have to be. That's the only way we can be, and we're just grateful that, you know, these cast and career being, you know, safe right now. I personally would rather have my superheroes being saved and, like, staying at home in quarantine than have them out there trying to shoot, um, you know, footage for films and TV shows because we all just need to like bend the curve. I've heard someone say bend the curve the other day and I just thought it was so funny. Would you now die I keep quoting for the it. Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think as long I mean I, we can celebrate like it's 2020 and 2021 together and we'll all rejoice as one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same ballpark as far as like, I'm glad, look, better safe than sorry. I'm glad mm-hmm. all these places are, I mean, like Kofi said, Bond looks amazing as far as like their wherewithal to be like, look at the forecast and go, yeah, we need to get out of this. And now they have a primo mm-hmm. date and they don't have to worry about it. Um, you know, there are still a couple of things uh, that I know like we'll get to at some point of like, there's still some projects out there that don't have dates. Uh, and they're scrambling, and so yeah, it, it's it's good that some of these got ahead. I mean, I'm bummed, of course, that we don't get to see, uh, you know, like Black Widow because it was right around the corner. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly, if you look at the layout, almost across the board, I feel like the new dates work better. So, in the grand scheme of things, like I feel like Doctor Strange, like Hovi said, I feel like Eternals. These movies are actually set up better now to succeed than they were and they will benefit because I feel like for the next six months to a year, year and a half, you're going to see like once everything settles down and people are like, Hey, it's actually safe to go out and be in groups and things like that. People will be wanting to go to the movies more because of all this. So I think that benefits something like Eternals, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, it's just an unproven IP and it's got a stellar cast, but it's an unproven IP. So we'll see. So on the Disney side, um, basically we pulled Mulan's got knocked back from, uh, when was it, Archer April? It was a springtime release, right? Yeah. And it got knocked back to... It was coming out the 20... It was coming out like... Yeah, it was like coming out uh, relatively soon. Um, And then they pushed it back. So it's Uh, pushed back to July. Yeah. Um, Jungle Cruise got knocked from this year down to uh, 2021 to summer 2021 so so that's been moved which Uh, you weren't very excited about to begin with (laughs) no i wasn't that's a big jump for that one like that about a year right yeah Yeah. that like i don't that one might be the one thing where i'm like oh i don't know if that helps that i think it hurts it because like no i mean every every every, we will have moved on since then like i mean the Rock's in a weird place because, I mean, he has a pretty full slate that's all kind of up in the air right now. Like, he has this coming out. Then he was filming that Netflix film he's doing. I forget the name of it. Um, something, something action-y. And then he's... <laughs> to shoot Black Adam for DC Warner yeah, Brothers right. right after that. And so, like, yeah, it's going to be interesting how these films, like, arrive and, like, when they come out. Like, it's going to be nuts. So, like, yeah. And Jungle Cruise is one that I could see falling through the cracks. Personally... I get why they're doing it. I mean, Emily Blunt's hot right now in like 
Dwayne the Rock Johnson is obviously one of the biggest box office draws in the world. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at that Jumanji money, but unless you know you have a really good film in the can and that one, like you're like in the studio, like, yeah, we're gonna rake it up with this, like Disney Plus would be my call, but that's just me. Oh yeah. Speaking of which There is our first major release that Disney had. I mean, this isn't unprecedented to say that because Disney did just make a kind of big announcement that they are kind of pulling the trigger on putting out a big release on Disney Plus. Artemis Fowl. Well, I say big release, but depends, I guess, how you look at Artemis Fowl. I know Mm -hmm. for Connor, it is like top of 2020. They they wanted it to be their their next Harry (laughs) Potter. It wasn't going to be. Oh my gosh! I didn't know that. <laughs> That's what you hope out of a fantasy, a fantasy movie like that. But it, it wasn't. Yeah, good. it was yeah, probably so. going to be another Percy Jackson, which I adore. But I like Percy Jackson completely. The books, <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. It was supposed to be their big franchise, and then just two movies in was like, nah, we're done. that's so disappointing for fans who actually do like it because then you're just left hanging. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that movie had already been bumped from 2019 to 2020. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why bump it again for like another year? It was supposed to come out in May. And they're not right. going to keep it there. So they're just like, you know what? Stream it. And it's a good call. I mean, Disney Plus could use a pickup for people to jump back in. And this is one of the, this is an easy, low risk headlining event. Now, could the same, back to <laughs> old Choo Choo Charlie Ridgely, um, could the same happen for New Mutants? Because New Mutants has been bumped off the schedule, and we don't know, we have we still have no date, right? Like, they still have given no new date Not for that. that I know of. So, like, yep. <laughs> it's He was so close. So he close. Was Charlie. Oh, here's a Charlie. <laughs> Pour so one out for Charlie. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It really should at this point. Just, yeah, just, just Disney plus it. Dude, I mean, see how, I mean, maybe it'll, we'll see how Arnimus Fowl does and then just do it. I mean, and New Mutants makes so much sense for Disney plus. If not, if they don't want to, if it's too off brand mm-hmm. for Disney plus than Hulu or something, because that would, again, just bring a lot of promotional attention to either service. And mm-hmm. it's kind of at this point, <laughs> you, I mean, I would just have like, I feel like I need a gypsy sage to like just bless the reels of this film because it's so cursed. Just get it out there. Just just get rid of it. Just yeah. like put it out and get be done with it because New Mutants has not been doing anybody any favors for like the last five years or however long it's been. I, so. I get holding your bigger releases because yes, having them in a theater is going to generate, you're talking, you know, 700,000 to mm-hmm. a billion plus money with new mutants you were never going to make that so just pull the trigger put it on there and get the streaming money and the subscriptions additions whatever that you're going to get from it even just the buzz i mean news articles podcasts like people don't have anything to talk about you could be the the next tiger king if you release the right thing you know yeah get it out before uh, netflix gets that you know that's what we're all shooting for to be the next Tiger King. <laughs> there's only seldom few ways you can use that sentence. And, <laughs> and that is one of them. That is absolutely one. All right. So we'll see what happens. But those are that's what's going on. This is what's happening with the new Marvel reality. And of course, this isn't the end of this isn't the end of the slide, right? Like we don't it's just kind of we're on the wait and see, but the Disney Plus series are in the same boat. So we're supposed to get Falcon and Winter Soldier this summer. That's just, I'm going to say right now, you might as well take that off the table 
unless they pull out something miraculous, like in the next few weeks. Didn't they because, say August? Yeah, it was supposed to be August, so this summer, but like they were still filming it when everything got shut down. So it's I not it even. It was just like the last episode or something like that. Oh, wait, yeah, no, even, that was the Kardashians. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. There's a big swing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm joking. They were still in production. Uh, oh, no. Like, I'm one of those people that has my hopes up. Janelle, you are not joking. One. Own it. Oh, no. The, yeah, I hate that. Sorry. <laughs> hate is a strong word. Hate is a very strong word. I am not the biggest fan of the Kardashian, like. Empire. Empire, yeah. Uh, and I was watching Jimmy Fallon, and she was on there talking about how they were filming the whole, you know, season and they had to do, we had to do the last episodes in quarantine by ourselves with iPhones. And I'm like <laughs> riveting. I'm definitely going to watch that. Not Can we get Janelle to do more Kardashian mimicry? That was amazing. <laughs> no, I'm so, that's so mean. I'm that's not amazing. I just but like don't, I said, not, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We don't know where that is right now. It's yeah. somewhere. It's somewhere. But um, yeah, we can't count on that. And Loki was supposed to be early next year. <laughs> oh, I was so was excited! In the for middle Loki. of production, I think yeah. WandaVision is the only thing that's been completed. And again, this all depends on like what the Phase Four storyline is, and it depends on how these. Like, it gets crazy because we don't know how the films in the shows could be kind of feeding off one another. We know that WandaVision. Loki and Doctor Strange too all kind of have this connecting, yeah, either events or story Just or something so exciting. like that. Exciting, yeah, and, yeah. What sucks is now we've got to wait a full year from WandaVision to Doctor Strange to figure out how that connection works. Yeah, because oh, WandaVision is still me. the only one that could arrive on time, like you know, speculatively mm-hmm. right now. So, yeah, it's going to be crazy. So we're going to have to see how this all plays out. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a very different plan for Marvel Phase Four. As we know. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving right along from the next Tiger King to the uh, current Tiger King. Uh, <laughs> like I said, we're not going to take too long on this because I thought we were going to have a thinner show. So I thought I was going to have to make some, some beef jerky out of something. Um, <laughs> out of this old thing. But uh, yeah, Tiger King is still cranking it up. We did a whole bunch of episodes, talking, even reviewing it and doing the spoilers. But it's still, uh, it's kind of making records for holding most time at number one on Netflix's top 10. Things are still going crazy with it. Like... Yeah, it's affecting real life. Carol Baskin is obviously not happy with this. She is like, <laughs> I'm out. Because they said they're going to release new episodes of the show. Um, like a new season of it pretty soon. And I'm like, who's coming back for that? Who's going right. to still talk? I, well, like, I'm curious because it seems like they're saying they're going to use footage, never seen before footage. So footage mm. that they already shot for it. And they're just going to like piece together episodes. And I guess also add on new stuff. But she's not going to be a part of it. Joe can't be a part of it. He's in jail. Like it's, I, I don't know. Let's just see where that no, goes. I mean, it's like one of those one and done burner documentaries. Yeah. Like, yeah. Once you get all the freaks out and talking, like once they know they're freaks on the show, like they don't want to <laughs> talk to you anymore. Now, unless um, Antle gets arrested for something crazy, then I don't think, I don't think we say that, but they mm-hmm. all have been out doing press in the talk. And I will yeah. say Antle is the one of the group. He would totally do it. <laughs> he would totally put a camera and a mic in that guy's face and he's going to talk like that. Yeah. That dude will do a whole series by himself. And, they, and none of them, and they're all the same way. None of them can help themselves. And like, I've seen various like late night show hosts and people have been pulling them on and like kind of interviewing all of them. Dude who got his teeth fixed. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. All of them. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with it. But uh, yeah, Carol needs to stop talking now. I, I understand why. 
They are oh, trying yeah. to get you for your for your feeding allegedly feeding your husband to the uh, open the baggers. septic tanks. What's in the septic tank, Harold? What's in the septic tank? What's in the tank? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh man, this is gonna be. But uh, yeah. Also, uh, oh, but, uh, Joe is Joe is he, maybe in. He's in, in the hospital. hospital. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of. Yeah, because of uh, but I'm trying to just make sure before I said anything. Well, he had contact, or he, there isn't confirmed, but they said yeah, contact that with somebody with COVID nineteen. Yeah, COVID nineteen was in the prison that he was in. It was confirmed there. So when they moved him to a different uh, facility, they had to quarantine him just based off of that. Which you thought, okay, maybe they were he was just quarantining. But then we also heard that he's actually in a hospital, and it hasn't been confirmed that he has it. But it's kind of all weird here we're trying to figure out what's going on so why is he in the hospital if he's quarantined i I don't know i'm kind of unsure well and some of this was kind of weird to begin with because like he requested Mm -hmm. he wanted the change in shift in prisons because he was in Mm -hmm. a county prison before Mm -hmm. and he requested like he wanted to be in a different one because it would be nicer and he could have access to like a little bit more regular access to like things like emails because evidently ever since the show hit the dude's been getting like tons of emails and he's been responding to a ton of them uh, and was like thanking fans for their support and everything after the documentary, which is just insane. <laughs> anyway, so then he got, yeah, so then he got moved. And, but on the way there, he had to go to like a quarantine space before he could go to the other thing. And now those people are saying, well, he's not here. And no one's saying where he is at the new place. It's just hearsay. It's weird. It's a weird thing so i, I hope some husband i'd like to point out that matt aguilar has not taken up this level of deep interest in tiger king <laughs> because of any mandated job obligation this is just purely <laughs> matt's passion and i and <laughs> thank him for it this is not true uh, <laughs> uh, written so many tiger king articles uh anyway <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> it's fine it's fine um but it's still interesting and i got anisa hooked by the way and so now we're going through nice. it again so that she can watch it, and now she's being sucked in slowly. So <laughs> I can see you two opening like a big cat, kind of like <laughs> preserve. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Oh so my gosh! all day. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just your your kind of speeches to me on polygamy alone make me think so. <laughs> <laughs> what I will say is, if I ever do open one, it would definitely have its own barbecue sauce. Because that's where exactly sauce. he had his own barbecue sauce, and that was smart. Yeah, about branding and a country music album. I need to very good at branding. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, good let's job. stop turning Joey Exotic into a, into a folk hero. He's he's not a folk hero. But, yeah, of course, uh, not. You know, you should collaborate. You should definitely collab with him. All right. So, <laughs> moving along from Tiger King to Quibi, guys. Quibi's here. Hey. Quibi's here, guys. Hey, hey Quibi's hey. here. What does that mean? <laughs> it's a Quibi. It's like it's like a uh, Gabo. You know, it's just it's, a, it's here. What the heck? No, is so it's Gabo. not Quibi because I read the article and it said it's supposed to like represent the back end as bite. So do we call it Quibi or Quibi? No, come on. Like, Have you not seen the commercials? It's Quibi. It's no. like symbiote. Symbiote. I really don't know much about this at all except that it's like little tiny mini episodes and you can only access them on your mobile device but you can't take screenshots which is alienating tons of memers worldwide and i think you pretty much summed up quibi i think you know everything there is to know about quibi (laughs) 
Dude, but... So wait, so has Courtney... anyone here used it yet? Does no. anyone have it? No, no. I mean, I don't have the 10 minutes to download a thing that shows me 10 minute shows. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously though. So it's launched and it is, it's not going well. It only has a fraction of the downloads of Disney plus. Um, and the reactions on Twitter are pretty savage. People are, are pretty, oh, no. pretty going in. Um, there's no, there were screen mirroring problems. You can't like toss it up on anything. It's just, I mean, but it is designed for your phone to be, to be fair. Like that's what it is. So people obviously, I don't think understand Quibi. And to be fair, they like I was joking about Gabo, but they have marketed this thing like that freaking Simpsons doll, which is just to say Quibi over and over and not really like explain what the hell this all means and neither do the commercials. Yeah. Um, some of the sh- people are just savaging the shows. You have like Offset in a car for a show called Skirt. <laughs> the guy Skirt. from uh, <laughs> Titus from, um, you know, what's a Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and a thing called Dish Dish Mantled, which is a cooking show. You have Chrissy Teigen's court and a thing called Shape of Pasta. So, and people are just like, these look like parodies of real shows and not like actual shows. I feel like the only ones I would watch would be the cookie ones. Yeah, right? Chrissy's Chrissy's court and skirt look like a skit Tina Fey wrote for 30 Rock. For like a TV show that she like made up for 30 Rock. If you want to watch a show where you can't understand the lead, watch Skirt. Just him and Cardi B making sound effects. Oh God! But um, <laughs> some people some people say they feel like overlong Super Bowl commercials. Like yeah. Oh, that's and great. Other people are calling out how basically they're using celebrities and influencers to try to make it like a thing. So there's a bunch of those Mean Girl memes about their Trump trying to make <laughs> fetch happen and like all that <laughs> stuff. Oh man. <laughs> no, somebody said it's a virtual version of Fire Festival. <laughs> oh. oh my god, that's so great! Oh my yeah, god, so uh, Porco. Now, okay, in its defense, what I will say is to be to play devil's oh, advocate. It actually, it actually, it, Quibi actually is a thing that Thirty Rock came up with once. I didn't. I somebody pointed that out. <laughs> Jack Donaghy tried to make like TV smaller and crazier and like quicker. And so fast that you could, so people it, with attention spans can watch it. It is a um, little unfair to compare it to Disney Plus. Right. <laughs> I feel like that's like okay, we're clearly like I don't feel like that's what their competition is, to say the mm-hmm. least. Um, that yeah, said, like, still not a great opening download number in the least. I'm not saying I'm not defending that. I'm just saying like. It was never going to be. It's like, yeah, it's like I started my brony podcast and then people are like, well, it's not doing as well as This American Life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Come on. <laughs> Give it a throw it a bone. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mobile only show, like 10 minute shows made from the go. No one knows what the hell it is other than its name. And no one really knows much of the shows. Like half the shows Kofi listed were the first time I'd ever heard of those shows. Like the only the show same. I yeah. know is not a show it's just the commercials because those are the most those are the things that play i swear before every youtube clip now yeah so yeah. that's it that's the only thing i know so they they did a poor job in messaging well what it it's even is. better than that because it's a service that downloads 10 minute shows created specifically to be viewed on your phone and it's releasing at a time when none of us are on the go and all of us are just sitting at home with hours and stretches of like having to watch Actually, TV in front yeah. of us. Like it's like playing a mobile phone game when you can play like something like Animal Crossing. 
Like, yeah, I mean, we're all that life that they designed this for just ended. So good timing, Quibi. Like, yeah. if you were here three years ago, you'd be oh. the man. But like now, like, yeah, we're all gonna be home looking for content, <laughs> long, interesting content to yeah. watch that kills hours. Like, you kill in ten minutes, Quibi. I'm gonna kill my subscription. How about that? You know. Oh, All right, man. so Those now that lighters. we've endorsed Quibi, <laughs> <laughs> now that we've endorsed Quibi, but if right. you want to send over some codes or some free downloads, we'll uh, at least them. review uh, it for don't you. Send them to me. Uh, don't send them to yeah, me. Yeah, we should have done that first so that maybe they cut it off <laughs> yeah. before we talked about it. <laughs> yeah. All right. We've done enough. We've done enough on Quibi today. Stay tuned, everybody, because when we come back, we're going to recap TV this week plus WrestleMania 36 plus we get into our comics recommendations when we bring in back some of the retro. So stay tuned for all of that. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. Time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right. Let me see what time we're at. Rich says, okay. Oh, man, this is going quick. We better get through some of this. Oh, man, mm-hmm. we speed it up. So this week, Walking Dead, Westworld. Uh, the reason why I just brought this up is because Westworld actually kind of had a big payoff this week. We got to mm-hmm. see what this season's version of a Westworld kind of mystery reveal would be all about. This season is season three is kind of said it's not going to be as crazy and twisted and confusing as season two got, but it would be more of a straightforward storyline about like a war between kind of Dolores and, you know, other her trying to take over the world for the machines. But uh, we did get a nice little twist on this latest episode. So spoilers for Westworld season three, spoilers, 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 spoilers. (laughs) All right. So when Dolores got out of Westworld, she took, I think uh, about four other hosts with her machines. Six. Mm-hmm. Somebody's been paying attention. See, they, they I'm upset. I, I, I mean, and we yeah. only know four, though. So that's why yeah. that number's in your mind. Oh, there you go. See, Janelle has a program. <laughs> that's nice. Um, so she brought, she brought six other hosts with her. Uh, and it was kind of a question of which characters from the park that we knew did she bring out of the park with her. And so we knew in, by this episode that she had set up at least kind of four of these people. There were four of them. There was Dolores. Uh, Charlotte Charlotte Hale, who's Tessa Thompson, uh, dude Chips from Sons of Anarchy, the Scottish dude, mm-hmm. and the guy from uh, Shogun World that Maeve really kind of bonded with. He was also the head of the Yakuza. And basically, with a big twist, just to get to it, is we find out these aren't different hosts, these personalities from 
Westworld that are kind of living in new bodies. They are all Dolores. She made copies of herself. So she's pulling like an Agent Smith type deal and kind of using copies of herself to walk around in these four different bodies to kind of influencing. Oh, we know she brought out Bernard. That's, I guess, five. Mm-hmm. So, so we don't we know the don't last know one. Six. Yeah, I don't think we know who six is. Um, but so, yeah, she's been making copies of herself. So there's actually four of her working to infiltrate and kind of complete this master plan that will, you know, make a world for the machine hosts and do that. So that was a nice little twist on it because they teased it and they kind of built it up like we were going to see familiar characters return. I thought for sure it was going to be, Charlotte was going to be Teddy. Just yeah. the, the insecurity and the like very uncomfortable vibe of being in that I thought it was, body. I thought, it was, I thought it was Teddy or her dad actually. Like, oh, because hey, of the way he, she kept like scratching yep. herself and kind of being like, yeah. I can't, mm-hmm. um, in a way she kind of was like compassionate towards her, like that level mm-hmm. of compassion. Um, I thought it was maybe her dad, but uh, yeah, so we were all fooled. It was kind of a twist. And they did a good thing for uh, Ed Harris's Man in Black, which, I mean, if that's the end of him for the series, like, I, I wouldn't be sh- I wouldn't be sad about that because he got a really kind of complete storyline and ending. Oh, gosh, they did, no, like, I'm uh, ready for more. We know he's going to have a comeback because of the previews. Like, he's going to get out of there for I sure. I don't watch previews. Spoiler. Okay. So <laughs> I will say that there's one moment at the end where um, Dolores Charlotte pricks his neck with a needle. Um, and we don't know if she's trying to get a sample of his blood or this is a thought that he, she may be inserting a, like some kind of drug hallucinogen. And that is maybe she's been doing that to him this entire time that he's having all these visions about his daughter and his wife and, busting up his place like there's a good chance that she has been drugging him all along so who knows what could happen if that is the truth and he is no longer on hallucinogens because she doesn't have access to him in the hospital anymore and he has a big comeback who knows he might be the one that saves humankind i hope not i hope it's just like crazy (laughs) and that's the end of the storyline because that was a payoff of all the horrible stuff he had done to her in the first season i I don't like i think i can tell that you really like dolores i don't like dolores i think she's evil so well, if I, I ever kind of, find out like I'm a superior built type thing, like yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take over. Like I mean, yeah. that's just my ambitions. But uh, but she also doesn't want because the thing that's controlling all humans is basically AI. It's a huge machine that's dictating to humans, you know, their route and their path. But she wants to take that out too. So she wants to be like the god AI, which you know anyone with a god complex is a little scary. No, you're you're pretty friendly. You you were called. You were declaring yourself God like the second time you were on this podcast. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to go back and listen, so like, you're pretty friendly person. Yeah, uh, yeah. And if I recall, it was uh, about you saying of- how good it felt to feel like God. So like, you know, I want to feel like God. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, you're you're a pretty friendly person, so I don't know if I agree <laughs> with that. Um, but that was Westworld. Uh, so we're going to see what happens there, um, and what the master plan is that everybody's mm-hmm. kind of going for. Uh, Walking Dead kind of set us up for the big finale for this season with a kind of kind of crazy epic episode, but it was kind of a weird mix of epicness and kind of character kind of mm-hmm. introduction kind of and development. Yeah, yeah we had kind of Princess, one. who is yeah. way better on the show so far than comic book Princess. Yeah, no, that agree? actress is yeah, that actress is very charismatic. She's doing she was really great to watch. She, and I really it was, was nice comedic. Yeah, it was it was a nice vibe, and then. Beta is definitely um, not wanting to be alpha, but he is straight up listening to voices of actual walkers at this point. Talk about hallucinating. 
Um, but it's paying off because he found our group and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, and they did, I mean, there were the one thing I didn't like about this episode was the Aaron and what's that other guy's name who I don't remember. His yeah. Name. I always forget his name too. It's but, uh, like, yeah, I hate when they like kind of walking dead pulls out like, an obvious moment where somebody would obviously just be dead, like right there. Yeah. Like, but we held them prisoner. Like, how do you hold these two prisoners yeah. in a walking horde? Like, what's that all going to be all about? So I don't know. We'll yeah, that is weird. Um, hopefully they do die. Not because I don't like oh. the characters, but because you want some impact. <laughs> you want some impact for a season <laughs> seven. I do not Man. want Aaron yeah. to die. And it's because you don't want Aaron to die that I need him to die. Yeah. Because that there's, would be some actual it, impact. Because it would be too predictable if he didn't. Um, but yeah, there's going to be like, we're, so if you guys are watching The Walking Dead, this was not supposed to be the finale. There is one more episode left, but because of the isolation and quarantine of COVID, we are unable to get that. And we actually do not know when it's coming out. Nope. So um, that sucks. Cause we're just like hanging out with this, you know, okay. Was it, it was in an production okay episode. or was it, are they just holding mm-hmm. it just because? No, it was in production. I think. No, I think, uh, I mean, according to what BD said, they finished filming it principal, but there is, I mean, it's a huge episode with like yeah. a whole gotcha. army horde of walkers going to war with, you know, with the mm-hmm. uh, hilltop or wherever it is that they're at now. Alex- yeah. Alexandria or hilltop. I forget now, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest with you. But, but all of the above. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to go to war. Oceanside. So it's gonna be, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a huge kind of special effects episode. And I don't think they could complete post-production. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's though because the studios are on lockdown. So that's that. But uh, we'll see what happens. So those are the kind of latest in TV. Now we'll throw it over to the wrestling guys. Wrestling. Yes. Talk about the bizarre masterpiece theater showcase that was (laughs) WrestleMania 36. And Connor, you had strong feelings about this going in and Vince McMahon's plans. How do you feel on the other side, buddy? Well, I think that the the matches that took place inside the empty performance center were missing the, the emotional oomph that WrestleMania typically has. Um, but there were two matches that took place outside the Performance Center. And Matt, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about Oh, yeah, we haven't. We had the Boneyard match, which took place at an abandoned farm, I think down in Florida. It was The Undertaker burying AJ Styles inside of an open grave after about 20 minutes of pure ridiculous fun. What? And then the next night, we had Bray Wyatt cause John Cena to disappear in what I can best describe as a match that is Twin Peaks meets Southpaw Regional Wrestling, but they go to hell. Yeah, and that's a perfect description of that match. And I feel like... What? I mean, that, yes. Yeah, that's exactly that, that what happened. You have to watch it, Kofi. Yes. Well, uh, I'm just like trying to process even what you're describing. So, and all I can so, think of is that Elmo on fire meme. Let me give you a cliff notes here on, on the Firefly Funhouse one. So... Bray Wyatt is half evil Mr. Rogers, half shadow clown demon. He takes John Cena into his domain, and basically he has him relive all of his, the failures of his career. He makes him wear his old gear from 2002. He's wearing his old rapper gear from 05. He's having him relive the WrestleMania 30 match. We go back to 97 Nitro for an NWR. Yeah, that was so good. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so this thing just went straight anime, huh? It's also really? very smart. There's, there's maybe... Because three, of this. So Absolutely. What? Yeah. 
It's it's really smart because yeah. you know they can't shoot a lot of new content, so it's really smart to have these like flashbacks. That's brilliant yeah. on their yeah, part. It's, it's basically. I have goosebumps. It has. <laughs> it's so well told because it's basically every major critique any fan has ever had of John Cena that gets addressed. It's almost like someone went to Bray Wyatt and said, "Hey, I want you to make a professional critique essay on why this guy sucks." He's like, "I'll do it." but I need like 20 different costume changes and we get to do three moves during the match. And, and to be fair, Cena had been doing that to Bray in the lead up to this. So I, I mean, like as a, as a storyline in a very short amount of time, as a storyline and as a match and like whatever it was, cause it wasn't a traditional match, right? They don't, they exchange hits sometimes, but like, that's not the point. Like the point is all the other stuff around it. But it was fantastic. <laughs> it was so good and fantastic. And not cheese like I was worried about with roaches on the floor. Like all that junk. Like it wasn't. It was fun. Yeah. So often when he try when Bray tries to do the spooky stuff, it comes off as cheesy. They're they're yeah. He's fighting Randy Orton in an abandoned crack house in Missouri. He's projecting maggots on the floor at WrestleMania. And it they didn't work. Yeah. This one they didn't hold back at all. And I just and, and I went. There, I have a story up on the site right now, and it's every little reference that is made. It's like twelve slides long. It took me an hour to go through the whole thing and be like, "Okay, this reference is that. This calls back to this moment from two thousand four. There's a thirty second little montage when he when he's he thinks he's punching him, but yeah. he's actually punching the puppet. It cuts. There's like twenty different matches it cuts to, and they're all a point when Cena had failed in some way. Yeah. I'm like, that is. I mean, okay. One thing that, regardless of whatever we say about WWE as a whole or matches or whatever, the production department it n- almost never falters. Their promos are top of the line. And here, like that department shines, right? Like they put half of this together. And that's a credit to half of them. And it's, it's fantastic because of that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But then there was also the Barnyard match. It was, yes. Which felt like it was like, what if Logan met John Wick? And except he's a biker. Yeah. That's the yeah. elevator pitch. That's he, the, yeah. The so, image okay. I'm getting. <laughs> so the question is, I mean, do you want to break down the Boneyard match more? Or, I mean, that's pretty much a, that's a pretty well, good it, summation of what it is. It, that one was exactly what I thought it would be, but it was the best possible version of it. I wanted to, you know, I wanted them to ham it up a bit with like, oh, it's a, it's a cinematic fight. You've got Undertaker fighting off 10 guys oh. at once because they're doing the thing where they only attack him one at a time. And there's, there's spooky, like, oh, he's teleporting, he's throwing fireballs and all that stuff. I, I, I expected a lot of that. This, that yeah. was just the best possible version of it that they made. Okay, so the question Wait, is what? that. Wait, yeah, he's throwing, yeah. like, like we're talking, happen. like, Mortal Kombat yeah, style? Yeah, like, Mortal Kombat? Like, yeah. he, he sticks his hand up, and then suddenly fire shoots out of the ground behind the guy he's fighting. He's in the grave as at one, one point. Does, as one does. He's, he's in the grave at one point, and then uh, AJ goes to like do the final hit. So he's down in a ditch <laughs> in the ground, and then the white light flashes, and he's suddenly behind him. And we need to do an interview with him and see how pumped he was to like be able to do all like this stuff. Just like that time I drank too much Mad Dog while floating in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the question that comes up. Uh, between these two, and which one was your favorite, Connor? The, the Funhouse, because that one rewarded me for paying attention, which is something that 
WWE often punishes you for doing. So we talk about it on here all the time. When you try to like break down what, what's happening in a storyline, you go, wait, why would they they do this? And this doesn't make sense this time. It was no, if the closer you look at it, the more you can draw from it and realize, wow, they were telling something really significant here. Yeah. No, I the barnyard was just fun. It was just a fun time. Uh, I saw a lot of, I mean, look, both of these got a lot of praise. Well-deserved. Um, some of the Boneyard, I mean, I will say the Funhouse one was my favorite of the two by far. And I think most of it was because I think the Boneyard match is novel if you haven't seen any of Matt Hardy stuff. And if right. you have, if the impact was like, oh, the first, the first five minutes of that Boneyard match, fantastic. Like, everything about it is fantastic. The last third of it, really pretty good. The middle is boring as hell. Like the middle is boring as hell. It's literally people just punching each other, not doing anything else other than punching each other, kicking each other, the one at a time stuff. The best parts of this are when Undertaker has these great comebacks, by the way. And like, you got me, boy. Like you wanted this old man. Like he's chiding AJ on. And in the middle, it's crickets. Like in the middle, there's none of that. And I'm like, where's the fun? Again, if you watch Matt Hardy's crazy compound ones i mean the dude's riding a lawnmower and he's talking he's got drones and he's talking to babies and he's got kids like there's so much crazy stuff but they ham it up so much and it's so much more fun this was fine it wasn't what i was like it wasn't as good as any of those the cinematic like the presentation was better because they had a budget which was nice uh, yeah, it wasn't I, so if, if this sounds like two guys are just ranting utter nonsense into the void right now, <laughs> not a wrestling fan. Let, let me explain it to you like this. What we're see, what we saw this weekend was proof that these I'm, I'm calling them cinematic matches, matches that have been filmed almost like a movie where you, you stretch kind of reality. Everybody's got like, everybody's a little, everything's a little bit heightened. There's background music. These proved that those kind of matches can work mm-hmm. and that somebody like the undertaker who is 55 years old, has been in the business for 30 years, had more injuries than anybody cares to count. That guy can still put on a fantastic match mm-hmm. because of the way it was filmed. I don't want them to take this format and drive it into the ground, but if this becomes, if we get two or three of these every year, that'd be pretty great. I'd have no okay with this. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. I, but again, it, it's like, I do hope, I hope they lean into it more. Like don't go middle of the road with it. Like go, cause it's best. This is best when they go all out. And that's why the Funhouse one did that from beginning to end. It's right. that way all the time. It never stops hitting the gas and that's why it's the best. Uh, and as far as like, there were actually, I actually thought there were good matches in WrestleMania, even without the crowd that didn't bother me as much. Um, there were some, but all the ones that were just kind of standard matches, they they struggled for me to yeah. hear. Like, you could have cut a, a good five matches out of this show. Oh, absolutely. I it could have been one night. Yeah, it absolutely could have. It could have been. I'll, I'll stand on that stump forever and say WrestleMania should not be two nights. Yeah. It should just be one night with eight matches at most. And a cinematic one like this. Yeah. I'm good with that. That's the, that's the gist of it, Kofi. Any questions? So many, so, so many questions. Janelle, any questions? Wait, can I watch it now that it has already aired? Will it yeah. be available? Like, where can we find it? I'll get you my login. 
and you can Ooh. watch it. And then, oh. Matt, you mean she can order the WWE? Yes. That's, that's what, what I was going to ask, though, for that's anyone else. That's what you else. mean? You mean that, be, like every Comic Book Nation viewing setup, <laughs> you can have a login? <laughs> that, like, in, uh, yeah, you can actually, no, you don't even need to do that. You can just but I'm do saying for anyone trial. who is wanting to kind of just watch something else right now, because we've all been, you know, kind of stuck watching the same stuff over and over again, where can anyone find it? It's all on the WWE Network. You can try out a month of it for free. Cool. Uh, it's $9.99 a month after that. Uh, you can cancel any time. They, they have a fantastic library of basically all of pro wrestling history wow. is on this, this one streaming service. So, so I'm learning comics, wrestling. Man. Like, so it, much. It's, I'm just expanding from gamer nerd to just all around, like, well-rounded nerd girl exactly. <laughs> you 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 <laughs> new um, quarantine new me <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not getting into all this this sounds nuts uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm, right. I'm really interested now yeah all right well that's it for wwe wrestlemania yeah that was one for the books <laughs> yes. oh, and just just a note uh for some reason, they are refusing to stop taping, so we will keep getting more wrestling product from now until things go back to normal or someone tells them to stop. Wow. That ain't happening. Vince, dude, the end of the world is here, and Vince McMahon is just like, well, I'm going to keep getting this money. Well, Dana White over in the UFC is about to buy a private island and turn this whole thing into Mortal Kombat, so yep. he's not the craziest guy out here. <laughs> That's true. Wow! Absolutely, I support true. it. <laughs> I'm going. If they have a Kumite, I'm going out there. I'm going out there. It has begun. Yeah, the dragon will enter. But that's neither here nor there. That'll do it for this, Matt. You got to real quick give us our uh, retro comics breakdown and let us know what's going on with the uh, mis miseducation of Janelle Wheeler in mm -hmm. terms of comic books. Yeah. Well, let's first uh, let me run through real quick uh, what we've got. We don't have a ton. Uh, DC is again doing their uh, digital releases of a few things most of them are reprints uh there is a couple of new things to take note of uh batman last night on earth is being collected so you can read all three issues on one place and it's very good uh, i know kofi read at least the first issue i, I can't remember but read the whole thing baby read the whole thing oh yeah uh freedom fighters rise of a nation is also collects the entire uh recent series and that turned out to be way better than i ever thought it would so that's also up uh, Teen Titans Go to Camp number seven. That is a digital first series like the Batman Adventure ones from last week. That is up as well on Wednesday. Uh, and then we also have Gotham High, which is the new uh, young adults, uh, used to be DC Inc. Uh, book. And it's like a high school version of Bruce Wayne and Selena and uh, Joker, I believe. Uh, so it's actually just a really cool thing. You can actually see the full review for that uh, on comicbook.com. Uh, Nicole is actually doing that one. Uh, so that is for current books. Again, there's not that many. Uh, for retro, uh, I have a few picks real quick. Uh, All New Wolverine, Volume 1. Uh, if you want quintessential Tom Taylor, Tom Taylor turns, uh, I was hoping for more when Fallen Angels came out. It did not deliver ultimately what I wanted. But if you want to see great Laura Kinney and her as Wolverine, check Volume 1 out. The whole series is up on Comixology and Marvel Unlimited. Uh, you can definitely check that. I wholeheartedly recommend it. It's amazing. Uh, Prodigy Book One uh, is also collected, and that the second volume is coming. Uh, the first one is fantastic. If you're looking for, since you don't have James Bond, if you're looking for a really just high concept adventure fun book, this is it. Uh, and then finally, uh, James Tynan is doing Batman right now. 
Uh, Detective Comics Volume 1 is currently on uh, DC Universe and Comixology Unlimited as well. This one is, if you want to see a great group that includes literally Batwoman, Clayface, Batman, Spoiler, and Robin, this is it. So definitely check that out. It is awesome. And that is comics uh, for this week. Uh, Janelle, where are we? Yeah. Okay. So um, I am starting the my first like epic collection, Doctor Strange, Triumph, and Torment. These uh, it says volume eight. It's 1988 through 1990. Um, it starts with Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, numbers one through 13. Marvel graphic novel, Doctor Strange, and Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment. So it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. And so I'm kind of just going at my own pace where I have time to um, kind of throw in a few here and there. Um, I started off and like the first the first thing that, that jumps up is like love is the spell, the spell is death. And Doctor Strange has like an eye patch on and I have no context and I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> yeah. So no, no, it's fine because... Um, this is such a big collection that when I was scrolling through it, I'm noticing that it goes back to where he he does not have the eye patch. But I think I'm going to get the backstory of where that comes from and why that happens. But it did start me off kind of like right in the middle of it. I will say this is kind of what I have always thought comic books are. I don't know if it's because it's the style of like when I first started seeing comic books was in the 80s. Um, you know, I'm an 80s child. But like, this is the look of what a comic book is to me. Like the bright colors, um, it's easy for me to read because it's exactly what I'm thinking, like Archie comic, like the the whole grouping. It's pretty wordy at times, yeah. but I'm even seeing other familiar characters. Like I don't, I'm on page, like it, early in the beginning, I'm at a funeral for Doctor Strange and I'm seeing, you know, Captain America and Thor and Hulk. And um, it's just really cool to kind of see other characters and and like the bright colors. Again, I love it. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of understanding him a little bit more and who he is. I'm, I really appreciate that I got to read kind of his backstory first because that, although I did watch the movie, um, it, it explained so much more and it's really helping me to kind of just figure it out, like fill in the blanks. And then as new things are revealed, I'm like, Oh, like that huge yeah. moment of, okay. Like I get it. Or sometimes I'm wrong. Like I'll fill in the blank and I'm actually wrong. And then I, I will see that. Okay. Now, now it makes sense. And I actually kind of like it. It's like a little game that I'm playing with myself. So I'm still enjoying it a lot. I just put on some really nice music and kick back and just, and read. It's, it's really great. It's kind of getting me through this time. I like it a lot. I am excited. No, that, that makes me, and, and like you said, yeah, it is an older book. So it is that mm -hmm. more like quintessential classic comic style. That's actually yeah. why I'm really excited for you to get to whenever you do 2015's Dr. Strange, because it is such a, you know, it's a, you'll have all the foundations then to really appreciate mm -hmm. like where they go with the story. But also oh. Jason Aaron's writing is a little less wordy. Okay. And also the art is, you know, very distinct, but it's a perfect fit for the magic. that's more modern. Um, so nice. I'm, I am excited for that. And that's a long run. So I know yeah. this, I feel like this is going to take me a little bit longer because there is so much in this collection, but I want, I want to, because I have the time. So why not just read through the whole thing? You know? Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll check back in next week. 
see how this whole thing is progressing as uh, Janelle's comic knowledge grows. Also, <laughs> let's shout out that uh, if you guys are just by the oh well, it'll be too late by the time you hear this, but. We're doing a quarantine watch party for Guardians of the Galaxy, so I hoped you were a part of that. And you, if you're not, you missed out on something big if you're hearing this and you're like, what was that? Because we have James Gunn coming through to do a quarantine watch party tonight, which is Tuesday night. Oh, my God. And, I know. The days uh, blend days together. <laughs> you're all just kind of becoming bigger and bigger. So if you're hearing this and you're hearing the buzz now and you weren't a part of it, make sure you get on board. With quarantine watch party, the comicbook.com one, not those rando others. The one that uh, BD started and now it's kind of getting more and more hype. So be a part of that. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you're just tuning into the show these days because you're on lockdown, well, we got a whole bunch to offer you. Besides all the season two episodes, we have all the season one episodes. And you can find all of these things on the site at comicbook.com where you can also subscribe to our RSS feed and get new episodes of the show. Uh, kind of updates about that, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. We're on Apple, uh, iTunes Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists, iHeartRadio, or you can find our smiling faces on old episodes on the comicbook.com YouTube page. If you want to talk to us or about anything going on with the show or just give us a heads up or just say something nice, always hit us up at the hashtag comicbooknation, or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler on everything, including Twitch. And thank you for all the people who have come over from the podcast to say hi. I really appreciate you guys. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. At Connor Casey underscore CB. Oh, and that's it, huh? Yeah, that's it. That's everybody. (laughs) Nice. All right. So, like I said, we're going to still be here for you guys every Wednesday, every Friday on comicbook.com. We can now find our players back at the bottom of articles. So, we're back. It's real easy. Just click on a comicbook.com article of your interest and you can find us at the bottom. And our sister podcast, uh, Wild Pokemon Has Appeared, is still cranking it out. So if you're on the gaming anime side, be sure to check that out too. We already plugged Quarantine Watch Party. I think we've plugged everything. CBS All Access is free right now and they have excellent (laughs) programming. So be sure to check that out too. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. I'm Kofi Outlaw. We'll see you guys next time. Be safe. Stay healthy. Stay checked in. Peace. Deuces. Later.